Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. This episode of the GC Sunscast is brought to you by our Patreon donors. Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Bosty, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, and James Wood. We'd like to thank you for our support. And if you'd like to head over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and donate, we are very thankful for any contributions. If you can't afford it, that's fine. Head on over to Facebook, YouTube, and now Twitter at GC Sunscast. Click, like, subscribe, all that jazz to follow us, support us, and let friends and family know we exist. Anyway, it's time to get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GT Sunscast. I'm your host Shane and joining me as he does each and every week is Tom. Tom, we've had a poor performance over the weekend, not just an AFL level, but every single level. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, oh, look, I, I, I've actually forgotten all about it because I watched the Game of Thrones last night and it was fantastic. Um, and it was one of those episodes where you just you cheer like you're at the footy when you go, oh, no, or yeah. Oh, don't um, go into Game of Thrones. I'm, uh, haven't no, I'm not giving to, away spoilers. I haven't watched I'm, anything I'm just, of Game of Thrones. Um, I just, 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 had, just had a, got it out of the system um, and, uh, and haven't thought about footy until this afternoon when I was preparing to, to have a chat with you tonight. So Yeah, I've had, um, a, I've had a similar situation, a similar weekend. I went and saw Avengers Endgame late last week and I'm still reeling from that there are so many questions left unanswered so many things that have happened and yeah it's it's been a pretty crazy weekend and football's been one of the last things on my mind but we did both go to the AFL game and we both walked away hanging our heads in shame feeling a bit depressed and both at different times of the game as well I I just couldn't handle it any longer, and I think I left it around halfway through that last quarter. It wasn't pretty footy. But before we get into that, let's start off the show with some news. So, we've had a couple of signings to our AFLW team uh, today. So, a bit mm. of news that we haven't had for a while for the AFL women's. We have Jordan Hickey signing up with the Suns as a third-foot-tall forward. Uh, she's fairly young of age and played for Melbourne last year. Previously, she was part of the Northern Territory uh, Thunder team. So, a bit of uh, Northern Territory uh, representation. Uh, we also have si- Sally Riley from the Crows, yep. and not just a another player she's an inside mid but she's also the vice captain of the crows and has been since the inception of the club so another one there from the northern territory it looks like uh we're building quite a stable of experienced women with good leadership credentials yeah we are and 
look, the, the, the Crows, um, technically, they're, they're um, half Adelaide and half Northern Territory, which is sort of, um, you know, when you think about it, it's actually quite remarkable that they've had half their players from each place and they've often just met up on game day to, to play, um, which I think for some of the Northern Territory-based players, they wanted to come and come, come live in the Gold Coast. So great destination club again which is just great PR for us. And, yeah, 16 girls on the list, 16 women on the list. We've had girls up until now. And, uh, yeah, I, well, I, I can wait because we've got plenty of footy left in, in the AFL men's for the rest of this season. But, uh, yeah, come the new year, um, yeah, I'm going to be really, uh, really anticipating that first game. Probably hair long to a couple of games, I reckon, because they're free. I'll take my little girl and it's usually a really nice family atmosphere. Yeah, it would be a nice way to spend a lazy, sunny Saturday or Sunday afternoon whenever they're playing them. Probably and Friday night, I reckon, because that's what a lot of the, the we, other the other towns think, do, or they, I don't they think do it. We've in ever a, had a Friday night game at Metricon, so well, well, this would be it, um, and uh, and they and they fill up the stadiums. We know from the grand final with Adelaide, so yeah, it's uh, it's good good to see this happening. Of course, the draft's going to come up, but um, we'll be right across that when it does happen. All right. Well, the other pieces of news that have come across the desk tonight is the injury news. We have poor Brad Shear suffering a fractured hand. Uh, at this stage, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, but he's definitely going to miss a good chunk of the season. Yeah. He was playing really well too. It's a bummer. We have Crossley, who's done a hamstring injury in the first minutes, it looked like, of that yeah. Neeful game. Uh, we've heard yeah. con- conflicting reports, but it looks like he'll be out from anywhere from two weeks to five weeks. And, yeah, uh, you can't really trust the, the injury reports. They just If they don't know, they guess. Um, so AFL, I think, guess a lot because of the type of injury. They'll just say four to five weeks because that's what a hammy is. But Crossley's had this hammy issue for, for quite a while, so... It wasn't. He was lumbering around, and then he did his hammy. And he, you know, maybe he did something in the warm up or something. I don't know, but he, he was in. A, he had like one disposal, and off he went. Yeah. So yeah, well, it was a, that was a bummer. In some uh, better news on the injury front, we've got Riscatelli, Lemons, and Powell fit to play this weekend. As to what level of AFL they'll be playing, we don't know. And we also have a couple of stars on the way back. Uh, listed as only a week away, uh, number three draft pick Isaac Rankin, uh, Lockie Wellers also one week. So hopefully we'll start to see some uh, players eat back in the Sun side and also boost the twos. And the other player with one week is Corey Ellis, the recruit we got from yeah. Richmond. Yeah, he'll really add some starch to the Neefel team, and they, and they need it with Shear out. Um, so. Look, you know, they are just a backup team for us and they're there to keep people fit and, and in form and, and ready to come into the senior side as needed. But, you know, we can't... We, we, we want to see them have a bit of success because if the first team can't can't make finals or whatever, then you kind of want players at that second level to, to be winning and be playing for each other and, and building the club from the, from the bottom up. Um they they have said that Rankin will go back through the kneeful. Um, he could even play this week. I mean, this is the thing with injuries, right? They they're not going to advertise to the world how bad things are. They're only going to say he's either not playing or he is. So they'll give us a guide on a, on a Tuesday. But come 
come sort of you know Thursday when they're deciding whether to put him on a plane or not, or put him put him in the NIFL or not, then they'll they'll soon let us know, won't they? Yeah, they will. All right. Well, let's move on to the match reports from the games on the weekend. So in the academy uh, NAB League, we had our under-18 sons go down to Melbourne and take on the Eastern Rangers. Unfortunately, the Eastern Rangers got the better of the Suns and walked away with a 59-point win. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game, Tom? Who stood out? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it was on at pretty much the same time as the AFL. Uh, so I got to... I didn't watch it. I would normally watch it because I, I quite enjoy watching the academy team. They're, they're, they're good value. Um, and and it's really great to sort of see you know a few of the players who could very well be sons by the end of the year, uh, seen on the senior list or the or the rookie list. Um, so all I'll say is that I thought the app was broken because it said the score was like nine two and, and for a long long time. Um, so it was a dour struggle and neither team could hit the scoreboard for a very long time. Something happened at halftime because the, the the Eastern Rangers team just came out in the second half and and kicked a proper footy score, and the Suns couldn't go with them. Um, I think it's you know basically there's a, a quite a number of under 17s players. They've they've got the priority on having a you know the the, the best potential team, and they really want to put that the, that footy that this experience give that experience to these players. Um, and and you know, with a sixteen-year-old up against a nineteen-year-old, you know the result that happened. But I didn't see it, so I can't say anymore. What I will say is they're playing this week in the final game of the NAB League Academy Series, and the game will be at South Pine in Brisbane. So I don't know how many listeners are willing to to get on their bikes and and head along to that because it's about 100 k's away. Um, but not for me. So I'm thinking of going. Um, but, yeah, I'm just have to... There's quite a lot on this at this stage. But um, they're, they're playing against the Greater Western Victoria. Um, and they are sort of a, an OK team in a really strong league. So they're not finishing bottom and they're not going to finish top. So we, we probably go quite well against them. Yeah. Well, to round out the academy talk, the best on ground for the Suns in that game was young Connor Bedarek. So he's looking quite a juicy as a draft potential for the Suns. He had 24 disposals and 12 tackles. So good effort by Connor and looks very likely, if he continues this form, to be in Suns colours again next year in the AFL. Moving on to the NEFL, again, it wasn't a great result. Brisbane defeated the Gold Coast Suns by 97 points, 159 to 62. Now, not a great result. The Suns only kicked, I think it was seven or eight goals, and six of those goals came from Ben King and Sam Day with three apiece. Mm. Sammy Day played the first half uh, at full forward and kicked a couple of those goals from beyond the paint. So that's good signs for Sammy. Then he went back because if they were to have any chance of winning the game, they needed to stop the, the, the Lions from from uh, getting the, those marks inside 50. And he, you know, he, he's a great defender. There's no question about that. But 
that sort of uh, that that was sort of a, a panic stations at that stage, and then by the, by then there were two guys on the bench, uh, so there was a you know it, it it wasn't they weren't a terrible team, but Brisbane had eighteen AFL listed players, and the other five players were under 19s academy players, so they were playing a senior team. Sons, no, we were playing a couple of guys from Southport Reserve Grade. And a couple of rejects from the the, the academy team. So, uh, and and of course we had Richard Telly was a laid out Shear and Crossley got injured. So yeah. Well, the, <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, the only standout player would have been Aaron Young. He had forty disposals, nine marks, and nine tackles. So those sort of figures shows the amount of effort and. Uh, passion, determination, grunt, I guess you call it, to to get involved in the game and make something happen. Uh, Burgess also had 16 tackles, uh, uh, sorry, 16 possessions and three marks. So good signs from Burgess. I'm not sure whether he was playing off halfback or was he down forward, Tom? Um, again, the, I, he was the one who, who he, he and King were the ones who switched with Day. Uh, right so, out. so there's a bit of moving around there. I mean, they, they, they've got to find uh, they've got to find this because they've got sometimes they've got too many tools down back, and so the opposition can just sort of you know run around them or um, or go out in the lead or, or whatnot. Yeah, well, um, I mean, those, Brisbane, those, he didn't have any goals, so those 16 possessions must have mainly been accumulated in the back line because it looks yeah. like the ball certainly spent a lot of time in the Brisbane back line. All right, well, before we jump into discussions on the AFL result, I just want to remind our listeners we are live. If you are listening to us live, feel free to jump into the chat and say hi, give us a bit of a chat, and let us know what your opinions are on the AFL result as we start to talk about it. And uh, if we can, if we have time, we'll get to any questions at the end of the episode. All right, so Tom... Let's jump into the Anzac Day clash against Brisbane. Brisbane Lions defeated the Gold Coast Suns by 49 points, 111 to 62. Sexton, Wright and Corbett each kicked two goals and you could say it was a challenge. Challenge accepted. Not accepted. Because (laughs) that was a woeful result. Um, And... I've got a bit of a rant. Actually, let's get it out the way now. Let's go on my, my little rap. Come on, Jay. We're calling this Shane Smash. So a bit smash like a bit like Hulk from the Avengers. <laughs> I'm just going to smash it around. Um, all right. So there were several things that just really annoyed me watching this game. The first was players were overthinking. Several times you saw different players have the opportunity to get a handball or a kick out to a player wide all by themselves. But they take the second option and try to go in line, try to be too cute, too fancy. And several times that resulted in a turnover and a goal. Now, most of the time this is happening in our back line, in our defence. And you know why? Because we had 10 tackles. uh, Sorry, 5 tackles between 10 players. That's right. 5 tackles between 10 players. And those 10 players, 6 of them were defenders. Four of them were forwards. No wonder we've got no defensive pressure, no forward pressure. So the ball was coming out of our back, uh, out of our forward line 
by the Brisbane defenders with too much ease, too much fluidity, and they were just able to hit their targets. And then again, there was no def- our defenders weren't tackling, weren't applying the pressure to the Brisbane forwards, allowing them to get easier shots at goal. Yeah, that's just not good enough. Now, l- this moves into the next part. We were out-muscled off the ball way too easily. And not just being out-muscled by our opponent, but the way they went about it. There was no... It just didn't seem like there was any heart. There was no anger, no soul, no grunt. For an Anzac Day clash, not exactly Anzac Day, I'm aware of that, Anzac weekend, there was no... What's the word? Teamwork? There was no fighting for your for your mates you know Bose got dragged down off the ball in the first five minutes of that quarter by Lockie Neal and ended up going off the ground because he was just a bit winded or concussed it, it didn't look good and Bose was not himself for the rest of the game despite coming back on not one Suns player went to remonstrate I didn't see a single Suns player get up there and then threaten Lockie Neal physically push him around a bit and shake him up Instead, Lockie. It was it was a but shame. It was a free kick, so yeah. the Suns were playing on. They got a free kick for it, that, that, and the Suns were playing Lockie on. Neal so I, I'm not the... I'm not I'm not saying that they shouldn't have at least at the very least you know reacted, but under I reckon their team orders would be don't get distracted by that kind of stuff early in the game because it was like two minutes in the game. Well, that's what needs to happen in a Q clash. In you know when you're being out muscled off the ball. The players need to get in there, get around each other, and fight. They need to put their opponent off. And that's what the Q Clash liked this week. It was that spice. It was the Gold Coast Suns players standing up for themselves. Instead, they were just pushed around like a school by the schoolyard bully. All right, and then to top it off... Um, no, that's it. I'm done. I've had my <laughs> So no, I mean, you make a lot of fair points there. It it wasn't. I think Stuart Jew would probably say they didn't show a lot of care for each other. And when he used to start saying that kind of thing last year, I was sort of wondering, you know, what's he talking about here? You know, like they didn't care for one another. You know, but it's caring for one another is laying laying the shepherds, laying the tackles, uh, putting putting opposition players on the ground so they can't back up. Um, it's 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 you know I mean they did, they all sort of ran in for Josh Corbett's first goal that was that was nice to see and and Josh Corbett was a was a shining light I, th- I thought um, you know you would have liked to see him with a bit more of the ball or maybe apply a bit more of defensive pressure up forward but you know he'll he, he'll get there he had his first game and he'll definitely be in the side for for weeks to come but yeah you you're, you're right there there was there was just something off. Something off. I mean, Bosey, he got bloody belt slung into the ground. Um, it went to the match review panel. And, you know, Michael Christian obviously doesn't want to upset the, the Brownlow, you know, betting ring. Um, so so he's, he's sort of left, left, let him off the hook. But, yeah, we get a, we get a free kick and our, our, one of our best players gets, gets you know, pretty. he was pretty shaken. I watched him come off the field. He was pretty, he was shattered. And he went back on, but yeah, he wasn't himself. Well, I think the match review panel said it was insufficient force to warrant a, a suspension or something like that. And that's utter crap because Bose was off the ground because of it. 
So if mm. that's insufficient force, you know, mm. I, I don't know what is. I, I guarantee if Bose had had been off the ground for the rest of the day with a concussion, it would have been a one-match suspension minimum. Yeah, and he Bose played the second least amount of minutes of anyone, and he's normally plays a lot more than that. Uh, anyway, I won't I won't harp on him because he you know he he's been one of our best players this year, and then he then he has a has a bit of a dirty game because he's you know basically been slung by his arm head first into the ground, and and the intention was to concuss him. And other player, if, if he had been concussed, yeah, that's a that's a suspension. But it's the same act. You know what I mean? Like just because he didn't pull it off, his intention was there. So yeah, match review panels got to be they, they got to shake that up. All right. Well, I've had my smash. If there's nothing else you want to run over with the out muscling or the their poor pressure, I've uh, got I've got I've got one one thing I want to say in defence of. Seen a lot of social media stuff about Peter Wright, and look, he's not Tom Lynch because he's younger and he's not had you know eight seasons to to get to a level where he can kick bags of five or six re- regularity. But he 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 chopped out in the ruck for about twenty five percent of the game. He was up against two very good ruckmen who who was basically better than him because they're full time ruckmen. Um, he, but he still manfully went in there and made a contest for it. And then he had to go running back up to be the, the lone tall forward because Josh Corbett is, is 190 centimetres. He's, you know, he's tall-ish, medium tall maybe. But, um, and he, but he plays tall because he can mark and he can kick. But he's not, he's not there, you know, get screening Peter Wright in, in, in the duels. So he's getting double teamed all day. But look, the guy had 14 possessions. 85.7% defensive efficiency, seven marks, and a lot of those marks were down the wing or even on the halfback flank. He covered so much ground. He had seven one-percenters. The only one who had more, only guys who had more were Sam Collins and Jack Homsch, which you'd expect from key position defenders. Um, you know, he just, I just, I've got him on my votes. I gave him a vote, you know, like he, he really impressed me. Yeah, okay, he missed a couple of shots of goal. Um, or one shot at goal. Um, I think another one fell short. Um, but he took the mark to have the shot, and he kicked a couple of goals. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't see where it comes from, Shane. I really don't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not watching a different game. Um, people, people don't like the way that he gets pushed out of ruck contests. But he's standing under the ball, and it's being kicked to him, and then two other big blokes come along and push him out. Like that's that's all it is. Yeah, anyway. it's. it's... Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. Not doing him any favours the way the ball comes into that forward line. Uh, that's still something they need to work on. Uh, yeah, his his goals are pretty much all coming from leads, which take him just outside the 50-metre range. So he's usually yeah. kicking his goals from about 45, 50 out, maybe even a bit more. Of course, he's going to miss a few from there. 
Yeah, right. but he gets them from there, so yeah, that's the main he, thing. He, they're the, they're, those marks that he's taken there are the ones when he's on the lead and he's not having to put, you know, in, enter into a wrestle with the opposition. Mm. I, th- I think that works in his favour because yeah. the, the way the ball comes in long, it certainly doesn't help. Um, no. And high. Yeah, he's, yeah. He can and, catch and him he, up high, but and he does more with someone the same size as him, he's going to lose, and that's what it was. He also does more than a, a typical full forward does considering yeah. the amount of time he spends in the ruck. Um, you know, I don't think... That's the right move for the Suns. I think they need a they need to give Wright a bit of time as a pure forward with no chopping out in the ruck, and we'll discuss that later with team selection. Yes, because um, we have a solution. I think, and a lot of th- I think a lot of people agree with us. So, I mean, I, I've had a bit of a smash now. So, do you have any positives to bring in as part of Tom's take? Yeah, I do, and 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 and, and that is well. The last thing I'll say about Peter Wright is. That, Eric Hipwood is his equivalent in the Lions. And in a winning team, Eric Hipwood had 50% of the production of Peter Wright. And there's no one on the Lions forum saying Hipwood needs to go to the kneeful and that Hipwood had a terrible game. So yeah, I just, yeah, that, that, that's, 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 I'm just, I'm a bit fed up with the anti Peter Wright because he's just one of our best players and, and, Players end up hearing about the social media stuff, you know. They, you know, just support our support our players who are trying their best, and let's do something for them. The other thing I will say is make this make this point: the Lions played Easter Thursday, and then we played Easter Sunday, so it's a three day difference. And the scheduling does this, but they didn't have to travel for two weeks, and when they did travel to play us, they came down the highway. We had to go all the way to Adelaide and play basically with three days less and and the travel time. So there's a couple of things in that. The corollary of that is that we now travel to, to, to the West Coast and, and they had to travel and, and they played a day after us, so we get a small advantage there, I guess. Um, so, so you know, it's how it, all, it all balances out. And I don't think there'll be any complaints about any of the rest of our fixturing because I've had a pretty close look at it over the off-season and it all seems to be pretty standard. But it has to be said the Lions had a tremendous advantage. From what Chris Fagan said in in his post-match was that he and the other coaches and the players had several meetings. They watched a lot of tape uh, of the Suns and they decided to take take the game up to the Suns in, in the Suns' style of competitive football and that their matchups were carefully considered, and they beat us fair and square. Yeah, I mean that's there, it was a clear target on players like Bose and Fiorini from the start of the match to physically uh, rough them up a bit. And yep. you know they and, succeeded and with Bose. Uh, Fiorini got off the chain and was still effective. Yeah, probably not as efficient with his disposal use. But, no, but but he, but he's a, he's a lefty, right? So he he's still fooling opponents because they they sort of have a half a step to go to his right hand side, and he just jinks around him and, and and pops a kick into the forward fifty or whatever on it. You know, he had five inside fifties for any and 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 kicked uh, um, and he, well, he kicked a couple behind Sydney, um, and they were pretty much consecutive. But he did have a goal assist. Look. 
thought he was one of the best, actually. But, yeah, he has that little advantage. Um, Ainsworth's the other one who the Lions absolutely clobbered in back play. And, you know, Ben's left, you know, on the ground, sort of clutching his head. You know, the, 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 the you know, I was surprised that incident didn't get seen, but, you know. All right, what well, we before we move on to the positives, let's just uh, start the positives off by talking about our best players, our best on ground. My 3-2-1 goes to three boats, Fiorini. I thought he was a standout for the Suns, uh, got a lot of disposals, penetrated inside 50, really set us up when we were looking in trouble. Uh, yeah. I gave two votes to Took Miller, uh, primarily for his pressure acts in a game where I thought we lacked a lot of pressure. Uh, he had 26 pressure acts, which was the most for the side, as well as getting 22 disposals, five marks, five tackles, and a goal. I thought that was a pretty standout performance as well. And mm. then a controversial one for the one vote, I gave it to Pierce Hanley. He made a couple of errors and had 19 disposals, but he had 94% disposal efficiency. So that yeah. was by far the highest for the Suns. That's right. And at, at the game, it did, it did feel like... Well, you had four clangers, right? But it did feel like Hanley was ever-present. Um, you, you have to sort of go, OK, this is a game where we've got Charlie Cameron, a dangerous small forward. We've got us limited. What do we do? We put Harbs on him. Hub probably put his hand up for that. Um, and that meant that Hanley and Joyce had to step up, and they did. Um, I probably would have given a vote to Jesse Joyce if he hadn't have had a couple of horrible clangers. There, there was a moment in the game, I have to, I have to share the moment, um, to lift the spirits a little bit of the, of, of the podcast. Um, Jesse's done that horrible... He, he, it was great play. He marked the ball and he played on, and then he kicked it straight to a Lions player, and then they... Yeah, anyway, won't relive the moment. And he comes off and he walks straight past me and behind me I hear this little old lady go, you think about what you've done. <laughs> and everyone, it was just a lighter moment where everyone sort of went from, you know, staring at Jesse Joyce going, what have you done, mate? And and then everyone had a bit of a giggle and thought, well, he's a kid. He'll learn from it. He, I'm sure his teammates are bloody bagging him out at training and, He's not gonna he's he's not gonna live it down until until he can put in another performance. But the point is, he's been asked by the coach, put a bit more effort in and win a bit more of the ball, do your defensive job, but get out there and get a few more rebound fifties and maybe even some inside fifties, run the ball because you can. And he's taken a lot of risks and he's stuffed it up a few times. So encouragement award for Jesse Joyce. Totally agree with you about the three points for Braden Fiorini. Uh, he was just terrific. Um, what did he have uh, clearance-wise? Uh, the, the stoppages is where he's most effective, and, and he had seven clearances in total, which last year, if you remember, we, we, we were struggling to get players get any clearances at all. Um, we were getting belted, and he helped us. He well, Not just him, but... Um, I find with Brody in the team, we're getting a lot more clearances as well. But anyway, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give my votes. Fiorini, the three votes, uh, clear cut, clear cut. No, there was no doubt there. And the the second person is Ben Ainsworth, and probably uh, to just the the distinction for him was that he's playing sort of as a forward but also in the midfield and and um but he's sort of more of a, as a, a winger 
and I think that's his. That's where he should live. I, I wasn't convinced previously, but I, after seeing some of his wing play, um, yeah, we could really do with him in, in, that, in getting into the in, into the guts of things when he needs to, and then and then being there as that last link and getting an inside fifty because he he was delivering quality ball and he had two goal assists and the the one point as I said, Peter Wright for all the reasons given, um, it be, because without him, we would have been beaten by 100 points. Yep. All right, well, I think we're both in agreement as to the what a performance moment of the week. Lockie Weller, what a performance. It actually goes to Corbett. <laughs> he is kicking his first goal in the AFL, was, was quite a scene. And then following it up later on... Um, he, he was scratching along the ground, Mr. Mark crawling along the ground and had the foresight to just tap it out in front to Lukosius, who was running past, and Lukosius kicked the goal. So it was just a... Yeah, and what, what a, the crowd just went crazy, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, I was listening to the commentary on the radio, so Triple M commentary, and they were saying it was Jack Martin that knocked it out. So <laughs> as per usual, they don't know who our players are. But it was it was good to see Josh Corbett get in there. He didn't have you know a, a huge game, but kicking two goals on debut that's a good result. And you know, hopefully we expect the same or more from him in future games. Yeah, it was those couple of times where he just showed the passion and grit to get there. Um, he he didn't have his usual ten marks. He he took three, but he did go up for a lot of marks and brought the ball to ground. I, I always look at the, the goal assist column, and in this game, actually, there are quite a number of goal assists, and um, and that's that's good to see because it means we are sort of hitting hitting inside fifty targets, not nearly as many as we need to be hitting, but um, he 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 got given a goal assist for that effort. Um, so you know, I, I predicted that he'd get three goals on debut, and and he he got two goals and a goal assist, so it was pretty close. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I loved him. Um, he's just what we need to balance out that forward line in anticipation of Isaac Rankin coming in. Corbett's place is safe. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's talk, move on to Tom's take. We'll get you to uh, give us some positivity, Tom, about why you think the Suns are in with a chance coming up against West Coast in Perth this week. Yeah, well, look, the West Coast Eagles are, are um, they don't have quite as many uh, injuries as us. However, they, from their grand final team, they've got quite a number of players out, and they already had Nick Natanui out. So they'll they'll be missing Jack Redden, Willie Rioli, Tom Barras, and previously their their um, their sort of backup guy is Jake Waterman, and he's he he, he might be out as well. Jack Darling's not in very good form. Josh Kennedy's the one to look out for, but he sort of seems like he's now that he's sort of you know he's probably into his last years. He might even finish up this year, and he's a bit fragile, isn't he? So I, I, I look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna predict that we're gonna go over there and win, but I am gonna predict that this is a a chance that it's 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 not a hundred percent locked away. There's a very good chance that we go over there. Rediscover our best form, and with you know, with this with this disappointing effort, put it behind the put it behind us. Probably make a few changes to the team, which isn't exactly positive, but 
it is positive for the players who've been putting in a big preseason and and not getting into the team initially, and then the team having success, and so they couldn't crack into the winning team, and now the team's had a couple of losses, reevaluate a couple of places, and that in itself will 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 be a sort of a positive mood. Um, we haven't had too many injuries, so that's another positive thing to be. You know, the injuries were in the needful and not exactly players who are going to crack it in this week anyway. Um, but yeah, the one the one final thing of, that I will say about the the West Coast is that um, we have a number of West Coast players who are from over there, and I think I think they'll, they they probably felt it pretty keenly last year when we when we went over there and for the two weeks in a row and and didn't have a very good couple of games. So I think they'll have something to prove. The, the West Aussies, Swallow and and uh, Jack Martin. Um, we think maybe Will Powell comes back into the team. Uh, have we left any West Aussies out who are up for selection? Uh, you're putting me on the spot here. They're the ones <laughs> that come so. to mind. Yeah. Uh, Archie, Archie, of course, but Archie. he's not going to be playing, so... Yeah, look, yeah, on on the spot, no, no one else comes to mind. Most of them are all South Australians. A couple of Victorians and Queenslanders thrown in there. That's it. Yeah, I think we've even got a New South Welshman or two. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. All over. So, um, position? No, not position changes. Uh, ins and outs for the side to play West Coast. Now. I I agree with you. I think we we do have a shot to at least be competitive. Uh, West Coast are 18th in the competition for contested ball and hard ball gets. And that was something we, we were very successful doing, bringing that hard ball and that contested game in the mm. first four weeks of the competition. The last two weeks, there's sort of disappeared from that now, there's been a lot of media talk. We've had Ainsworth and Fiorini in articles lately come out saying they're aware they need to bring back that contested pressure, the that effort that they had in the first four weeks. Um, so if they bring that game in, we're, we've got every shot in the world to, to upset West Coast over there. I think it is time, though, for a little bit of a change. Um the Optus Stadium Oval is renowned for having a hard surface. Um, I certainly felt like we suffered the effects of that in that doubleheader game there last year. Mm. Mm. Um, so I would err on the side of caution and give blokes like Lacocious and Ballard a break. And the other two blokes I'm looking at maybe not having an impact next week would be George Hall and Smith and Murdoch. But those two are a little more flexible on. I think the senior bodies is something we need at the club, uh, especially coming up against West Coast. So in the ins I've got, it would be Day, Miles, Young and Powell. Powell slots into a nice spot in the wing, giving us a bit of pace. Uh, also being from WA, he's probably going to be making the flight over there anyway. Mm, uh, I think point. Young and Miles are... Uh, too important to the side for that mature senior bodies. Uh, playing a bit of midfield time is also a bit t- bit of time forward. And then Day's that flexible player that can go back or go forward and fill the space that Lacocious and um, Ballard can play. Well, he, he's he's helped for Peter Wright too, isn't he? So 
you've got you've got two the, the two big fellas up in the forward fifty, and then Wright has to go and chop in. Normally has to go and chop out in the ruck. Well, maybe Day can do the chopping out because we don't when, when Witsy has to go off for a spell, and sometimes it comes about midway through the first quarter. Sometimes a bit later. Sometimes a bit earlier. But it's really disruptive for Peter Wright to suddenly because he starts the game leading for balls and sometimes takes a couple of marks and has a couple of shots of goal or whatever. Um, can't get a free kick for love or money, by the way. But anyway, um, he had five free kicks in the in the St Kilda game. Um, end up with a few goals. Um, anyway, the the, the 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 day selection means that he can go chop out of the ruck and leave Peter Wright to be doing that game that he does, which is leading up the, the, the flanks, going up the wing, taking seven or eight marks, and, and just concentrating on, on getting that part of his game and being where he needs to be for our players to link up with him and get maybe getting a bit better at disposal. But it, not that his efficiency is so bad, but just it's, sometimes it takes a bit of time. Um, so Day, Day can do the defence, as you said. He can do the chopping out. But he's also another tall option in the forward line, which I can't really believe that we're, we're, we're going with the forward line. I guess we've got height with Lukosius, but we don't necessarily have the that presence that a key, that key position player has. Lukosius had six possessions. He had a goal and a goal assist. And other than that, he had one other effective possession. So it's not enough. You know, Corbett playing his first game also had the same number of possessions, but his disposal efficiency was better. He kicked two goals and had a goal assist. He did a little bit more around the ground as well. So um, took a few more marks and whatnot. So Corbett's the one who stays. Don't know about Murdoch. I, I, I've been really liking him, and I think he just had a bad day. I, don't, I think he and Holland Smith didn't really know where to, where, what to be doing when the Suns are in this position of being sort of behind and trying to mount a comeback but not quite kind of really getting any momentum. And, and the, they stick out, right, because the other guys all play together and they're still, they're still doing the right things. You still had Joyce coming off, off, off half-back and still had Hanley coming out of defensive 50 and you still had Alex Sexton trying to, trying to belt goals from everywhere and stuff. But, yeah, it's the guys who haven't been there who just... Couldn't assert themselves. So, yeah, I will mention one other player, Shane. Uh, Jacob Heron wouldn't look too bad in a Suns jersey against the Weagles. A uh, bit of pace, uh, versatility. Um, he's a great little player. So he's been the senior emergency as well, so it'd be a good reward for effort. Uh, but I guess if he gets picked, then Will Powell would probably be sitting out. Yeah. It's definitely a tough call. There's a lot of players that we think are due in, and there's also a lot of players that might be due arrest. Um, mm. Unfortunately, we're not in the club. We don't know how all these players are feeling. But, you know, from an outside point of view, I think some changes need to be played uh, more strategically, give some players a rest, even though they, they're probably fine to play. Uh, we've got a question come in from Rod Walsh asking about George Hall and Smith and what you think his best position is. Mm. Yeah, I, I wasn't convinced that the wing was his position. Um, not that he played on the wing a whole lot, but when he was there, he was in no man's land. Um, inside, he's a better player inside. Um, but yeah, he was playing all over the place on the weekend and, and it didn't suit him wherever he went. Okay. And the other question, Rod's uh, having a double dip here. 
He's asked, yeah. who else can play on the dangerous small forwards because Harbrow has had an ordinary couple of weeks when he's accountable? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Although those couple of weeks have been two of the best small forwards in the game, also Indigenous players. So they, they Harbs put his hand up and said, I want, I want this is my job. Um, I didn't think Joyce or, or Hanley disgraced themselves. They, they certainly acquitted themselves quite well, really. Um, but, yeah, you'd rather see Harbs out there getting 25 possessions, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I think the, Joyce I think, is our best lockdown small defender, but he doesn't you, have the, what, what, the pace, I think, to keep up with someone like a Betts or a Cameron. Who's that? Joyce. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, gee, his little brother is, is a bit faster. So <laughs> in a couple of years, maybe he'll be the option. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, I sometimes think that we probably need to go a little bit bigger in our back line. Um, so, you know, taking Ballard out, maybe putting someone else in um, who, who's got a bit more size uh, could could be the answer. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't have any answers for Rod at, at this point because I, I really think that Hanley, Joyce and, and Harbrow are our best three smaller defenders. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, sometimes you just got to work with what you got. All right, yeah. well, we don't have much longer left to go. So if you've got any other closing statements, I've got Tom, one, one thing. Um, Alex Davies, our under-17s champion, has made it into the Australian under-17s team. We're playing against New Zealand. I don't even know what that means, but I guess it's an Anzac thing and we, we, have, uh, we don't have any other team that's an international team that we can play. We'll probably beat them by 1,000 points. But he's the son's representative in that team. Congratulations to Alex Davies, champion. Well, congratulations. All right, it's time to head off. Go Suns! Go Suns! If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.